then. Children of the night. What music they make. Hello and welcome to Real Horror Show. I'm one of your hosts, Connor McMahon, and I'm joined by Ali Horror, Mark Sheridan, Connor Dowling. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so Halloween is over. Um, what films did people see? First of all, let's let's have a talk about some movies that we watched over Halloween. Straight to Ali. <laughs> I work straight through Halloween, so I haven't seen a freaking movie in 15 days. 15 days. That's so Not sad. a single movie. Just Except just... for The Witch, but that, I, I watched that last night. We'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Why would we get to that? Should we get to that now? How, how yeah, does this let's work? talk about The Witch. Let's oh, talk yeah. about The yeah. Witch yeah. now. Let's talk about The Witch. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the only recent horror film I've seen in 15 days. Uh, I was so excited for it. Like, I was really, mm. really, like, um, like... I think you were in LA when it came out, weren't you, Connor? Yeah, I saw an early screener of it. Yeah. And we were I was, like, so excited to see it. And then uh, it was the biggest anticlimax I've ever seen. I was like, yeah, take take the microphone. Go on. But actually, I'm curious, because, Connor, if you saw an early screener of it, what was your... Because, like, you wouldn't... Was that before all the hype had really kicked in? Or? No, no, I'd never heard of it. It was the first time I'd ever heard of it. And I went home, I watched it on... It was, like, a Vimeo link or something. And I, I literally... I loved it. Like, Really? Yeah, yeah, I was blown away. I was, uh, like... I'm trying to think because I mean I was I've been trying to write a witch film for years. Yeah. And one of the things that I was always on my mind was to do a witch in that old style, yes. in the fairy tale style, and not a witch in the sense of a human that sort of, you know, the the, the old woman down the road mm. who kind of idea, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, no. or or the teen <laughs> doing witchcraft or whatever, but something kind of timeless or or, or or do you know what I mean? That, something more primal as well. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay, I, I wasn't quite completely sold on the film either, like Ali, but I think it was more along the lines because they did a very good trailer for it that mm. they put in the cinemas. It was very mm. horror-based, and I mm. think it kind of set up unfortunate standards for the film, it's, which isn't the film's fault at all, but mm. when you created kind of an expectation of a, a genuinely scary horror film, it, it's, it's not quite that, if you know what I mean. Like, it is more of a, a drama with, you know, kind of very good and interesting kind of questions, but it doesn't really... It doesn't push the horror buttons. No, it sells itself out like yeah. every single time. And do you mean by horror like no jump scares or what are we talking about? Well, like the atmosphere of it, like it had this perfect like <laughs> had this perfect setting. Like they were banished at the start of it. They were out in the middle of nowhere. There was this forest. We didn't see the forest enough. We didn't see the farm enough. We didn't see you know it. It never. I was never scared watching it. At one point, my friend looked over at me and he was like, "Are you bored?" And I was like, "I don't want to admit well, that I'm bored, but uh, yeah, I'm freaking bored." I, I know. I know what you're saying there. Like, I mean, I didn't. I didn't completely dislike the film. You know, I I had problems with it, but I did. I did like things about it. But I did find that the whole film was just this big downward trajectory like through the plot like you know it's this like destruction of this girl you know so you know for the most part of the film you're just going oh my god can things get any worse oh yeah they can oh and they're just getting you know like things th so many horrible things are happening in your life it's hard not to feel this sense of just like despair when you're watching it you know so like it's not the most enjoyable film experience but i did think there were some good like horror sequences like that thing where the um the the sun was it was like they were exercising oh, or something like that and, yeah. and the apple came out as well. I thought oh, that yeah, was yeah. terrifying. I thought yeah. that was really. It was actually full of images that yeah. stick in your head. There are, yes. No, there's like very iconic stuff. You know whether people debate whether it, you you it was real Absolutely. or imagined. Like yeah. you know the scenes in the woods with the 
which are mm. pretty shocking early on. Like it, it's yeah, very yeah. jarring, and that bit I kind of thought this is going to be really disturbing and very unsettling. I, what caught me off actually, and again, it might be just I'm not great with kind of period films sometimes. Just the very old fashioned use of dialogue, and I know people say because it's taken from original text, and this is how people would have spoken. Mm. But it, it just I found it very hard to get into and actually buy it. It felt like people trying to speak properly. It's like if I'm watching an actor and I think they're trying too hard to do an accent as opposed to me just believing that they're feeling mm. it. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes I did notice they brought in modern day dialogue and language like and, and, mm. and ways, like uh, the mother, the way sometimes she would speak is very modern. And then the husband would be like, thou shalt not. Thou shalt not talk in modern tongue. What is this witchcraft? It just jarred a bit. But like the opening scene with the freaking that was amazing. I thought I was mm. I was gung ho with the baby. With or, the baby. Yeah, yeah, that was that was yeah, whopper. And then it just like and what you were saying there about you know oh, it can't get much worse. I didn't feel no. like anything for her really. Yeah. Like and I I want wa- like the worst part was um, when I first saw Black Phillip. I was like oh, I bet you I bet you <laughs> he's, he's to do with it. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, sorry for spoilers. Seven, mate. Let's call. Come on. <laughs> Come no, but it is a problem. No, like, because like, I was like, Black Phillip, it, like, it's a very impressive looking goat. He's um, really and all that stuff is great. Yeah, I, I, there, you know. I'm a big fan of Antichrist and a lot of people that mm, bit with the talking fox is a mo- it's a make or break moment that you either go with it or you don't. Yeah. I went with it in Antichrist and I actually loved it. Mm. Yeah, I, in The Witch I didn't quite feel they'd earned it. Mm. Right. Um, and without spoiling it on people who haven't seen the film because we don't, don't go right up to the very end. Like, what did you guys think of the the final movement? Like a nice... Yeah, it's... it's, it's um, Because I quite liked that bit actually but I know some people wished they hadn't gone that far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, um, that seemed to be the general perception... I know when I watched it, I really liked that at the start because I like... Well, it's hard to talk about without spoiling it. Yeah. But, but do, you, do you think it worked? Or do, do you think, I did, yeah. yeah. Like, I definitely got on board when I saw it the first time. I, th- I think it was great because it just kind of put everything we had just seen into perspective. You know, it was like, that's what was been going on this whole time. She's been getting groomed, you know, essentially, for the next thing that happens. I, I th- really? I, 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 I thought... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, I thought it was like... It has been out on um, That's it. DVD like. and stuff. Is it okay? Well, if you don't want to know the very ending, and even Just though we've ruined most of it on you, <laughs> <laughs> stop listening now, watch it, and then come back. But like her going up to that, to, to mm. what do you call it? A coven. A coven. A coven, yeah. Of, of, of witches. And like she just starts floating up, and they all start floating up. And I was like watching it, and I was like, this is a mix between. Uh, Antichrist between hashtag horror and 2001 A Space Odyssey with the whoo <laughs> music and it just like it it I laughed I was like this it, it didn't give me the ending that I wanted it to have like I wanted her like maybe if she had gone up to that fireplace on her own and there was no other witches there mm-hmm. and she had hovered maybe possibly her and a bunch of other naked women all floating up into mm. the air I was like yeah exactly <laughs> laughing but, yeah, but Connor liked it you. actually. Like I don't know. Okay, for me, I think I don't know why I liked it. I can't quite articulate. Well, why no, I liked but do you it. not think? Because like for me, I, it's probably the bits I did like in the film, which it aren't what the film is all about. But say the scene with the witch earlier on, and and the the kind of goriness of that, like and that final scene, it reminded me much more of that kind of operatic Argento type, visually really impressive. And so it didn't quite fit the film, but like in the cinema screen, it looked great. Like yeah, it, and yeah. it was very impressive. And I kind of the rest was so. 
flat or, or you it, the know, rest of it did it, ju- it just did seem very kind of standard period yeah uh, dreary kind of but setting as opposed to this like supernatural the world. only defense I'd give the ending which I, I you know for people who don't like it is because you, you can read the film whichever way you want but it makes sense if the whole thing is in her head as in like uh, it's the suppression of the age and stuff that's damaging her because the images of the witch and the, and the house in the woods and the ending look completely different to the rest of the mm. film and at the end of the film, she's so emotionally destroyed by these things. There's an, there's an implication it's possible that she's just shifted on, that she's made that switch in her head. And that's where she... So there, there, it doesn't necessarily mean it's happened, but that she has just made a complete mental break from that reality and she's gone off to pure fantasy land. Yeah, yeah. But, you know? It also could have worked. What I thought is that the whole family is after getting cabin fever. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, I... I, I I do agree with what you're saying about her like making that like distinction and her breaking away from it but like the whole family did that like the mother attacked her the father like everyone just went bonkers um so yeah I lost no but it is that's what it is it is cabin fever though isn't it it's like that idea of like whether there's actual evil or not it creates evil in people when they get fearful and yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah, exactly Yeah. yeah yeah Um, well, so let's move on from the witch. Okay, yeah, we're done. We're done tearing it apart. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we're done spoiling that movie. (laughs) What else else can we spoil? (laughs) Um, so the the horathon was on, so Mm. we could talk about some of the films. Train to Busan, which was the opening movie. Train to Busan. So, how many of us have seen? Um, so who's the biggest fan of I think it should be the defense loved, loved it yeah. I loved it loved it okay, so well, so much just me. so go I'm curious <laughs> how you saw it okay right um, well I saw it I actually didn't see it in the horathon because it, it was sold out because it was so popular <laughs> <laughs> everything's just a dig at mine <laughs> this is bullying folks <laughs> <laughs> but I saw it in the lighthouse and um <clears throat> You know, I started watching the trailer just before I was going to see it, just to see, like, oh, what's this all about? Because I didn't really know much about it. And I just had to turn off the trailer halfway through because I felt that the trailer is a huge spoiler for so many great moments in the film. Like, there's some really great, surprising moments in the film that, like, were just totally spoiled um, from the trailer. But I just felt that it was a really well-told and well-made zombie action film with some good dramatic moments. And uh, some. It, it felt like it borrowed a lot of things from different zombie films and even The Walking Dead, some things that are from The Walking Dead and just use them really well. Like even like that duct tape around the arms thing, like that's from yeah. The Walking Dead. And I just loved a lot of the the kind of set pieces and images in it of like that like little baseball team that were on the train and um, the, lots of little devices with the light. I thought that stuff with the light was brilliant when they go through the tunnel. Oh, yeah, and the, that was, oh, I thought yeah, that was that brilliant. Was it was really was tense idea, moments, yeah. like, yeah. you know. And... Um, I just thought it wasn't predictable, you know what I mean? Like by like the 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 kind of finale, the end of the film, it wasn't necessarily what I expected. To yeah, and I, what I loved as well is it, it um you know where it kind of it isn't just the zombies mm, as yeah. well. It was just the, the breakdown the, among the people or the absolutely. class or the you know the the human stories and like you know it kind of starts with this story of this, you know, overworked businessman and his daughter who he never sees it's kind of stereotypical story. And you're kind of watching going, okay, I know they have to set up the characters, but I just want to, I want them to get onto the train for all the action to kick off. But then that story becomes really, uh, really um, important throughout the film and you get really invested in the characters, I think. And that's, you know, that's the point of those films. It's like, you can have a bunch of zombies on a train, but if you don't have the emotional element of the relationships of the people, you won't care who's getting 
slashed and hacked yeah, and all yeah. that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the two things I like just to add to that was one, I love action films where you can see everything that's happening mm. and it's really clear. You know what I mean? So it was one. It was one of these things where it wasn't messy. The action. Yes. It was just very like I always could know exactly what was happening, and so the tension I think worked. And the final thing again, it comes back to that story. Like I was nearly crying at the end of that movie. Mm. Really? Yeah. You see, because that. Like, and I no, think, finish your bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's. I mean, to me, that was just like I can see why this. It's obviously strikes some chord, and it, and like you say, it is quite simplistic the narrative. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, and I think it's down to the little kids acting. Yeah. But I did think it it sort of had a, yeah, it was definitely, which you wouldn't normally get from a zombie film. Totally. Wow. See, yeah. that's the, yeah, okay, that's the, it, it's weird because what you guys have loved about it is actually the problem I had. I didn't get any of the emotion or the sentimentality of it. And that's what actually bugged me. Like visually, very striking, mm. like some very impressive kind of, I, <laughs> See, it, okay, it's not scary as such, but there is an, an intensity yes. and an aggression to the kind of attacking moments. Like that, it was more uh, of an action movie. Yeah, I thought, that are, there are bits where you sit back and kind of go, wow, that's very impressive. You know, and there is definitely striking <laughs> images in there, but they didn't particularly scare me. What made me enjoy it less was, it's maybe just generally what I like more in these films is I didn't, like the kid was a very cute kid, no doubt about it, but it was a very cheap in. I didn't buy the, any of the relationships. Like I thought, you know, Everyone was a standard. I, he's either the jerk, he's the big muscly one, he's the overworked dad. And like, there's, because we're not going to talk directly about later on bits, but there, there's an attempt to bring in a lot of sentimentality at the end just by lashing in a lot of sentimental music. Oh, the music, and yeah. Is there, That's I guess, a very silly flashback <laughs> or something? There's something that just, it, it, it was basically. Oh, don't like, bring it up. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, because I'm amazed because obviously that has worked for people because generally a lot of people really like it. And I like, you know, but, no problem with people liking it, but it just didn't I, work for me. I think that's a clear point though, because like if you're not connected with the characters, you'll only really stand for so much of that zombie yeah. attack stuff. You know, I'm like, yeah, that's cool, that's fun, but I don't really care. But if you do care, I think it's a really powerful film. And like in that character who's like the muscly type of character, I thought he was a brilliant character. He was the most interesting for he me. Was. I, he was. I thought he was a real like, um, no, I don't like, like relax, but I don't I think he was like a bit of a Han Solo type of character. You know, the, the false hero type of character. You know, he's a bit of a dickhead. He's kind of clashes with the main character a lot, but he has everyone's back, you know. The, the drama in it, though, I don't know, did anyone see Headshot? That no, movie? no I, I skipped it. Was it good? Like the, the thing with Headshot and which I didn't, it's sort of along the lines of what you're saying. Like I thought in Headshot, the drama was really bad and the act, I mean, they're obviously very good fighters. I mean, the fighting wasn't particularly well filmed, but I thought... <laughs> but so. no, which is a disaster. You're right about Bassan, though. That's a really important thing. It annoys yeah. me when I can't follow the action. Yeah. And, um, but the in a way that the drama in Headshot, I just didn't buy into it and it did play that sentimental music and all. And, and yeah, the, the, it's very... The, the 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 father character, you know, I mean, they really lay, lay it on like Pretty exactly thick, yeah. what what he's like, but I don't know why it didn't bother me. And I again, I think it's probably more to do with the kids than the main guy. Yeah, did I did actually like I did sort of. She looked like she was a good actress. Like no, you know? absolutely, she was mm. really strong. Mm. Like uh, without you know, okay, so th- without getting onto so there's that ending part of it, just the sentimentality that kind of threw me off a bit. And it just it's another one because like big fan of zombie films and. Uh, Pretty much all the films I'd say I love have all the stuff that Basan used, so it's kind of hard to say why it didn't work for me in that one. But, you know, even the class kind of warfare and people turning on each other, and you know, when that works in films, I think it's brilliant. Mm. This one, it felt very hedged in there towards the end. All of a sudden, 
it's whole the upper class don't like the poorer class, you know, like I just, it was, I don't know. It, it didn't feel to me like the person who was writing the script really felt that way about the world. He kind of thought like this, this will be another interesting thing that will do. Like what was the other train one that, what's that? Snowpiercer or whatever. Someone get me a baby. That, least, <laughs> that went for it, you know, in, in a different way, but like it clearly wanted to make a big sort of statement about that type of stuff. This one sort of, it was like, it was the kitchen sink that got tossed in on top of it, like. Uh, so, um, did you like it? I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to figure it, out. No, it just I, I couldn't I what? couldn't enjoy it because I appreciated it, but it just the sentimentality and the lack of characters didn't. Like, say, 28 days later, mm. yeah. the the bit when Brendan Gleeson gets a yeah. drop of blood in his eye. Spoilers. Now, fuck it. If you haven't watched it, <laughs> you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Yeah. But no, but that genuinely still upsets me yes. every time because 28 mm. days later, I really cared about all of yeah. them. Yeah. You know, um, like Jim and whatever Naomi Harris's character is like. All of Cared them about. are. Well, you, like, <laughs> <laughs> what's her name? Oh, what's her name? She was so cool and so tough. But no, but you know what I mean. Like, cause, like that was a devastating moment without any kind of major aggression or anything yeah. like that. But then you, you, I didn't realize I cared as much in that film until that moment happened. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anything like that in this, if you know what I mean. And Danny Boyle was a director who was willing to give the space to allow that moment to be a really mm-hmm. quiet, very tragic moment. While Bassan kind of. You know, it followed it up with a lot of bashing and stuff like that, just to yeah, keep yeah. things rolling. And it's quite long as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Very. Here, here's. So, is it a horror? Is it like? Is it? Because from what you guys are, I literally have like the room in my head with zombies right now. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, is it? Is the room, it, as in. Because you just keep talking about the kid and like. Oh, like, like oh, Lenny Abramson, the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah. The room. So like, zombies. Is, is, it, <laughs> is it like, is it actually like a horror? Is it one of these films like we were talking about the other day? Is it like an elevated genre? Like, is it? I think it's an action movie with zombies. Yeah. What do you think, Hunter? Okay. Um, I think it's like, it's not a, like, what am I trying to say? Yeah, it's kind of like a drama action zombie movie. But it, yeah. is it, yeah, okay. No, see, exactly. But the, I think that's, it's not, quite definitely any of them mm. with elements of like so it's not like a zombie movie with drama it's like it's not a drama film with, with zombies yes except speed that is sounds very I, thought, I thought it was going to be snakes on a plane on a train <laughs> but it's not it's much better than is that yeah it's not cheesy like that actually yeah. no snakes on a plane but is, didn't they make a sequel they, called oh, it's not a sequel but it was one of those I think Asylum uh, <laughs> cheap it's like par- oh, right, yeah. paranormal entities instead of paranormal entities uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. they also made Transmorphers Transmorphers <laughs> yeah they, Titanic 2 they, they yes, called Lightning Can Strike Twice they call those Mockbusters Mockbusters like yeah um, but here's two two final things about uh, Train to Busan for me anyway um, one thing that I really loved about it was that you know, it's a zombie movie, but as far as I remember, there's no guns in the film. So they have their own kind of style of action for fighting the zombies. You, they basically have baseball bats, their fists, duct tape on their arms and like shields. So it's this really kind of creative way of fighting zombies. It's not just, you know, Walking Dead style headshot, headshot, headshot. Oh, this guy's a bow and arrow. You know, I thought that was really unique, um, which, which I think kind of makes it stand out from other zombie movies. But as well, <clears throat> because, you know, like other zombie movies that aren't... Uh, you know, up in the top, top zombie movies. But the other thing that I was kind of worried about when I was going to see the film was, you know, the way in the past few years there's been all this um, World War Z type lemmings. Shush. I kind of like World War I Z. Did, yeah, I, I was <laughs> thought World War Z was really, really. Um, I couldn't get through awful. it. Oh, really? I couldn't get through. Couldn't get through. Can we just talk about for for one second? Yes. That freaking trailer with the like the the avalanche avalanche of zombies. Is that what you're talking about? <gasps> 
That's what I'm talking ah, about. They did that in. <coughs> they Train do. Yeah. But There's but two moments. No, but that, uh, here's here's my point on that. Right. I was worried. Is this going to be another? people avalanche movie like World War Z because that's it's just this weird really dodgy CGI thing where they've generated a whole load of people to fall and it just looks kind of crappy and computerized right in Train to Busan it just looked like they just pushed about 50 people through it through a glass window like real people like real people wow you know and I thought that was really um really well done how they do it in Korea I, that's what I was thinking <laughs> I was like they've got some question, uh, questionable methods in, in Asia in there was filmmaking. that there was a particular thing where they I think it was the Ankh-Bak guy oh yeah where, I don't know if true it was but it, apparently one of the, the films where they'd no but they, where they'd get people poor people and they'd pay them like a dollar or whatever a year's wages was and they'd oh. run in and he'd break their arms <laughs> Jesus no what? Yeah. Now I don't know how true that is, but it was. Oh, but that it, seems good. It, it had had a name, like a thing that they did. Oh my god! So like, that's horrifying. What did he pay for their healthcare? That was in Thailand. Well, yeah. I'm no, not sure. I'm not sure they were too worried about that side of things. Oh my god. Well, we'll, wow. we'll follow up on that. We'll have an exclusive wow, that's, report. That's yeah. real. That's real horror. Yeah. So horror films. <laughs> what else did we watch? Yeah. Well, was there anything else for the horrorthon that stood out to people? I saw... Well, we'll talk about your film in a minute, Mark. For oh, a little fuck bit. no. <laughs> well, just briefly, because I know you did another um, podcast on it with Filmbase. But uh, that was before the event. That's true. Um, the other one that I saw... I mean, the two ones I heard people talking about that I really want to see are Raw and The Autopsy of Jane Doe, which I both hear are both very good. And I don't, did anyone see any of them? Yep. I, have, I didn't see them. It was just me then. Okay. Great. Well, that'll all be on my head now. <laughs> uh, so Raw... <sighs> <laughs> no, okay. They're the two kind of stand. They're the ones that everyone was excited about, yeah. which is always a bit difficult because there's a, kind of an element of hype and excitement about it. Raw is a French horror film. I don't want to get too far into the story of it, but it's about a girl who goes to a boarding school. She's going to become a vet, uh, where her sister is also in school, and she comes from a very strict family of vegetarian and vegans. And she's put through this kind of fraternity type ritual of making them eat a bit of raw meat and stuff like that to you know, christen them into this fraternity and she kind of develops a taste for it and it kind of goes from there. What's weird about Raw is from the very beginning you get this real sense of this is going to be really intense and it's going to be really nasty and there's one or two moments early on where you just have this sense of this is just going to get pretty tough and it kind of just doesn't though. It kind of pulls back and it's, it's a good film. It's an interesting film. You know, it kind of turns more into a dark comedy as it goes on but it has a terrible sense of feeling a little bit too full of itself, it kind of pulls out at the end and doesn't really have a great ending and it sort of just raises the music and thinks people are going to think this is genius. And I kind of think it might, you know, it's Emperor's New Clothes type stuff. It, it just, it didn't, it didn't satisfy. What it sets up is great. It just didn't quite get there. And uh, then the autopsy of Jane Doe is, is definitely worth watching. Again, though, like from talking to everyone afterwards, it's another one of those ones where the first half is by far the strongest. Very simple setup. This girl is just found dead in a murder scene. She's brought for the autopsy and it's a father and son who are doing it. And as they're doing it, they're finding bizarre... Uh, it's hard because I don't want to get into too much what it is, but there's very strange things they're discovering during the autopsy in her body and about her that make them question what she could have been involved in and whether there's something supernatural or not at play. You know the kind of films where they build up that great sort of tension of is there something supernatural, is there not, is it black magic, but, you know, is it just real people? Or And there's that kind of real fear of it. And the problem with those films, though, as soon as you see something it kind of, mm. it breaks that. And it, like mm. everything, like all the rest of it was fine. It just, it, it couldn't quite live up to that whole 
wonder once yeah. the wonder was kind of burst it, it lost a little bit but it's still like very good and definitely worth watching and was it a fan footage no 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 it's straight up shot very very nicely shot actually it looks like it's, it's set to be an american film but i think it was shot in england as far as i know the one i saw was a fan footage uh which i thought was really good uh fan footage 3d oh yeah oh is that good is, is it i heard it's great it? yeah, yeah it's really good wow. really good um, what's the what's the sort of one line on that? What's it about? The the premise. It's basically an idea that I had. <laughs> just saying, <laughs> Scott Weinberg, if you're listening. <laughs> but um, the I, I was I was th- I'd been thinking about it for a few years. But I mean, the film is so good. It's better than you know mm. what I mean. They oh, took, yeah. I mean, all I had was the idea, which is basically the concept of a fan footage film, uh, and the people are going to make a fan footage film. Yes. So like you know the way normally it's like oh I remember you saying that to me a while ago actually mm-hmm. yeah but they really like I mean that the whole 3D thing really works as well like the they're I mean they've got these little 3D camera cameras like um is it actually in 3D? yeah the whole yeah. film yeah. is in 3D cams, but it's 3D yeah. yeah and it's really well done because they kind of what what makes the film work is it's able to take the piss out of the genre mm. and also work within the genre so yeah. like they'll slag off a jump scare and why they're stupid right before a jump scare actually happens. Mm-hmm. So it's like this commenting on the genre that l- lets them get around the fact that, the, you know, the kind of cliches of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but, it, but it's just like the dynamic again, it's just the characters are great and the dynamic. Cause like the guy, the main guy who's making the film, um, and then there's a, his brother's making the documentary about the film. So that's sort of what you're watching the mm. documentary with the film. And he's asked his, uh, I think it's his ex-girlfriend or his ex-wife, is the actress. So there's this kind of tension between, you know, uh, all, the, all the different people on the set. And I don't know, it's just, it's just very funny. Uh, I thought, and, and what it does is as well is it combines scariness with, uh, sorry, comedy with scariness. Like, do you know what I mean? The both things work together. Like, yeah. so you can be laughing one minute and then it's genuinely quite creepy. How did the 3D work actually with just, because you know, the found footage with that kind of bit of movement and motion, 3D can kind of be very sort of juddery or not. Like, did that, uh, um, it, to me, it really because they do the things like I always think it's 3D, and I love when things fly out in the camera. And like, and the, because the guys have 3D cameras, that's what they're doing. They're like going, Ooh, and they're putting their <laughs> fingers into the lens, like, and they're like as excited about the 3D. And you know, but um, yeah, no, it really works. And there's a bit where they just stick two GoPros together to get their 3D effect. Oh, yeah. And um, it's the first time I've seen kind of handheld, like, do you know what I mean? You, you never know. Yeah, that's what I was to... wondering because usually they keep it very still for that reason. That really they, works. Know, yeah. yeah, it really works. Bizarrely works. Yeah. And wow. do you think it will work not in three? Like, because I presumably most people don't have three D TVs and stuff. So when it comes to streaming, like, uh... is it only going to work? Is it like a, a fairground three D ride that with the three D it's great, but without? No, I don't think so. I think it'd work either way. Yeah. Like, like the three D is just a bonus. I think. Yeah. That those kind of, it'd be, it's like that jackass the movie that was one of my favorite 3D movies that was one of the best and 3D yeah. movies out there and it really worked one, yeah. in 3D but it's not necessary it's you know? so necessary <laughs> <laughs> always need jackass boys in 3D right? <laughs> 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 Connor <laughs> you're the one who made that motion with your hands no one else saw that <laughs> it was a funny year though at the Harathon that way though where like uh, there was a lot of films they seem to have kind of drifted away from the supernatural kind of ghosty side. There's a lot of ones about people either in cages, uh, you know, not not the because it's gone from the tor- yeah it's gone from mm. the torture porn type stage. So it's not like you know really horrible graphic violence, but it's a lot of more almost drama of people, you know, mm. damaged people trying to deal with their issues and stuff. Even the surprise film Devil's Candy, you mm. know, uh, 
it was missing that kind of that ghosty element that actually I quite like in horror films. Like when you mm. watch a lot of these together, like they were all good films, mm. but you don't quite get that buzz you would have gotten out of watching your kind of a classic, whether it's a slasher or a haunted house film or anything. Like, you know that kind yeah, of that yeah. element of I'm having a good time with this as well, and I've had yeah. that excitement. It sounds like Found Footage 3D did have that kind of element of yeah, yeah, it definitely did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that element, I like we were saying last week. I don't think people are as interested anymore like every because the world is such a horrible and horrifying place to begin with like right now that's why people want to see like these real movies these character driven movies these like i mean that's why the walking dead is like more about the characters than it is about the zombies it's the same as like people don't want to watch ghosts shut up people don't want to watch the ghosts they want to um they want to see real people having you know like is it in their head is it not in their mm -hmm. head they want to relate to it more because ghosts don't ghosts don't scare people anymore it's, it's what's happening around them scares them. That's weird, though, because, like, for me, I think the reasons people would want supernatural stuff more is the reason I think Game of Thrones and stuff is so huge is actually people want to escape reality. Like, I don't necessarily want to go and watch a horror film and actually just be reminded about how, like, sick and depraved some people in the world are. I actually... Yeah, I don't know. It's not really... Do you not think it, it, oh, it's uh, an escapism element as opposed to, here, I'd love to, like, see a deep philosophical exploration I, of people's damaged brains? I think people have forgotten about what escapism truly is. And... um. Also, I do think a lot of people are, <coughs> excuse me for offending thee, but uh, there are a lot of people are up their holes right now. Like, <laughs> they, really, they really are like, you know, um, everyone's so PC mm. and everyone's like, you know, like oh, super trendy. It's, it's, like, it's like the French new wave. I know you like the French new wave. Mm -hmm. I saw that. Um, but like it's, you know, it's, it's, they're, they're not as interested in, in, in the medium as being like an escapist entertainment medium they want it to be smart and so that they can go and twiddle their mustaches <laughs> and go like oh yes that was very smart oh yes that person reminded me of Trump no, and, agree, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. and it's like you're killing cinema yeah no yeah no no i totally agree like it's like i mean i, I mean don't want to get political on this sh sh on this show but it, it is that thing where they where people say it's the reason someone like Trump is created. It's out of the other extreme of people going, you can't say this, you can't do that. Mm. And it sort of creates a monster that goes, yes, I'm going to say all those things, yeah. do you know? Yeah, ironically, that's what Trump was saying about the creation of ISIS. You know, we're, we're, we've switched over here, but he said that because uh, they got rid of the previous bad guys, the Al-Qaeda, mm. it created this vacuum that mm. something had to yeah, come yeah. out of it. There's your horror movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well. I mean, I, I would love to see Trump as, like, as a... As a, as a have you seen that short film that uh, Trump no. is the giant ro robot like uh, and all these Mexicans are fighting him. Have you seen <laughs> no. that? It's a short film that someone made. It's a proper little cinematic thing mm. and uh, Trump is this gigantic like mecha Trump thing. Mm. You it's know? like the Barbra Streisand from South Exactly. <laughs> mecha Streisand. <laughs> he's like a big he's a big robot and all these Mexicans are just like trying to kill him and like he's trying to you know keep them out of the border it's but it, is it weird okay so keeping it with the whole film kind of or the horror film mm. side of things like so like the dead zone i can't remember what is is it bartlett who or no that's the person bartlett from the west wing but it is martin sheen yeah. playing your man the, the politician in it and like you know spoiler alert for the dead zone um but it's been around for like 40 years so get over it <laughs> yeah. um but no like you know so that's the whole point of that is a, a basically he is playing trump as a character that type of potential mm -hmm. madman who is unhinged and it's that whole if you could stop this person before they yeah. become a president should you an interference of that but the weird thing that we've kind of come up with now is uh again this is a spoiler for the dead zone but at the end of it uh when christopher walken tries to kill him he actually fails 
but mm. what Martin Sheen does is he actually picks up a kid to try to try use as a human shield to defend himself. So without actually succeeding in killing him, he exposed the truth of this monster. But we're actually living in a world where I think if Donald Trump had done that, his supporters wouldn't have turned on him. And yeah, that's, that's the scary reality. Because like scary. those films, it's like when, you know, the, was it George Orwell said about like 1984? It's, you know, we always knew they were going to have the cameras all on us. What we didn't know is we'd invite them into our own home. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, the yeah. same thing. It's actually, we're endorsing these people. It's not like they've snuck in and, you know, they actually have been very out in the open and people yeah. are like, go for it. So the monsters are real. Yeah. It was a Stephen <laughs> King's head and sometimes they win. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's uh, to move, to end the political thing because politics sucks bollocks. <laughs> but I mean, that's why I think that um, we didn't see that many um, supernatural films because they're just, they're simply put, they're just not trendy or smart enough right now for, for people who want to go have a craft beer to talk about afterwards. That's true. But then, because it's funny, because like obviously in the 70s, all those ones, whether it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre with the fear of your neighbor, you know, or the fear of the, the more rural settings, mm. or the Night of the Living Dead and the supposed political subtext of those things, like people did use those fantastical situations to actually talk about their real fears, you know? And in all these countries where there's been major su suppression, books mm. and films have always been used as a way to kind of bring in those kind of messages through genre yeah, work, yeah. You know? absolutely and yeah. and and you know i was listening to um jordan peele recently Do you know jordan peele oh from yeah Keen yeah peele? he's made a he has a new film yeah, coming yeah. out i can't think of the name if anyone knows it let us know text us in on this number now <laughs> but uh jordan peele's new film and he it's all about race and he said for for years horror films were a way to talk about race, you know, and racial um, relationships with people. And if you look at the Night of the Living Dead films, each one of those, the, the two leads are a black man and a white woman, you know, mm. which was just so out of the norm. Like, there, yeah. no other films were doing that, mm. you know, back then. Uh, so his film is this weird kind of, like, Stepford wife, uh, African-American thing. It looks really cool, That's the trailer for it. It's with Bloomhouse. It's with Bloomhouse. Oh, cool. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the trailer dropped there a few weeks ago, and I'm just really excited about what, it. Like, what's it called, sir? Oh, wait. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. We're, we're, we're still the thing waiting. We don't know. We're still waiting on the text to come in. So, Without mm. actually sidetracking off, because, Connor, I know you've got stuff to get to, but has just on the Blumhouse thing, has anyone seen the new Ouija? No. no. Mike Flanagan's prequel to what was, I think everyone can admit, a very, very disappointing film. Did not see the original, so. Well, you didn't miss anything with that. Okay. So Mike Flanagan, guy who did uh, Hush mm. and Oculus and Absentia and something else. He's doing Gerald's Game for Netflix at the moment. Really good. Okay. Like, it's one of those weird things where they seem to have understood that the first one didn't work. Um, <coughs> genuinely worth checking out. Like, it's just, well, I think it would fit really well in the double bill with T-West House of the Devil. Okay. Not as good as that, in my opinion, but it's just, it's a proper old-fashioned storytelling with proper actors, adults and kids, but it's just a straight-up ghost story. Okay, it does kind of use its jump scares at points, but not in that annoying way of Insidious Part 3, you know? Um <laughs> Yeah, but it just genuinely, like, if you want to watch a straight-up horror film that you're going to just have an interesting story, do everything right that the first one didn't do, genuinely worth watching. I think a lot of people have missed it simply because it's a follow-on to a very poor film. It's, yeah, it, yeah. The, like, it is connected, but you'd never know. It's basically it's set in the same house, but it's set years and years before it, so there's no... If you hated the first one, it has no effect on it whatsoever. Genuinely worth watching. Genuinely. Yeah, I'll check it out. No, I, I mean, I'm obsessed with Ouija boards. I mean, I, I, I was just about to suggest, can we... Uh can we do one in here for a podcast? <laughs> I mean, like we could get—we've got a camera. We could make our own little. We could do a special yeah. live seance we edition. Yeah. Where we try <laughs> like to uh, summon who? Who are we trying to summon? We need to Captain have Captain Howdy. 
Captain Eddie. Eddie. That's it. Oh, we're that's... still we're still kind of scared of Captain Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not. But... I, I don't think you need a Ouija board to get some scary clowns around here. Oh, do you no, know what? There no was a part. Do you know uh, this was driving me mad? There was uh, there was a party over Halloween, and they were not allowing people in with clown costumes. Jesus. You see, this is the problem. This yeah. whole yeah, PC no, thing. It's the reactionary. I mean, it's it's just... like, but can I just can I just say one thing because. I think I might have offended people who like craft beer and mustaches. I also like mustaches and Hey, craft after beer. this, we're going to go get some craft beer. <laughs> I know, yeah. And Twiddle our mustaches. I don't actually have a mustache. It's also I'll, November, I'll, I'll so, whoa. One. Oh, is it? <laughs> You're not, oh, it it's is, not being Jay. very sensitive, See, Ali. I worked Come on. straight through. I didn't even realize it's November. Um, Movember. But, Movember. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there. That's but okay. um, I, I just, I, because I love the genre of horror so much, I know I keep slurring, I've got gum in my mouth, sorry. Um, um, I love the horror genre so much. I'm just, I, I want to see it. It. I, I film this month. We want to see it get back to AF, its roots. AFM is, AFM is over, so mm. I'm, I'm going to be able to watch more movies mm. now. But yeah, I don't want it to be constantly um, like smart and constantly character driven. I want it to be, I want it to be what horror started out as and like to, to scare a shitless. Do you mm. know what I mean? I, I see enough horror like scrolling down through my Facebook feed and seeing like all of these horrifying videos and looking at the news and you know, I don't wanna I don't wanna keep seeing this in the genre that makes me ecstatically happy. Mm-hmm. That that does not make me happy. That makes me cry for the world. I don't wanna cry for the world. Yeah. I wanna cry from the sleepless <laughs> nights that hopefully I will have after watching a movie. It's um it's interesting where uh, I remember just when you're talking about Night of the Living Dead there and it's sort of uh, but like I remember Toby Hooper said about Texas Chainsaw Massacre that what that film was really about for him was was when the hippie generation were going to face the real world and they mm. were all just going to get slaughtered yeah. by yeah. Re- the reality of the but then he thought it was a very dark comedy as well <laughs> you're just watching <laughs> it going really Toby yeah. <laughs> like I get the second one but <laughs> I think it's comedy the first one yeah okay I'm not saying like that next I mean, time I mean no I mean, uh, well, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a comedy. <laughs> so you yeah. said no. No, okay. Maybe, maybe Connor, dark, 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 dark <laughs> satire. After, after, yeah. We're <laughs> shutting down your microphone. No, no. I mean, <laughs> fader. After, after. I mean, that first scene, like we talked about last week, which is still one of the most iconic and horrifying scenes, where it's it's his body I love the way shaking. You always say these things are first scenes, and they're always like but about twenty minutes into <laughs> the film. They are okay, but it's the first. When thing, I turned on the fucking it's movie, it's the first thing I remember. It's the fir- it's like the thing that stands out to me the most, and um, but like after that, I mean, come on, him licking his lips, lads. <laughs> hilarious like there's there's hilarious. no you sh- there's a humor there's a dark humor to there those is. things and even even like the shining you know what i mean there's you know you'll have you'll you'll have your your laugh laughing I've moments in that i don't know i think it, it, there's some there's that's definitely, where you draw the lines <laughs> yeah no like there's some of the stuff jack nicholson says and does it's kind of funny how horrifying it is you know but, but it's not your typical I funny think, i think the laughing yeah like it's not it doesn't make it a comedy <laughs> like, but, but I, I, do, yeah. I do think that yeah, how come this isn't under the comedy <laughs> section in netflix <laughs> but yeah, like, it's like okay because you, you're right on that but i think like for the shining it's like anyone particularly who's done any writing or anything like that can understand his very mm. cruel and aggressive things when wendy comes in and interrupts him and he's yeah. like oh my you god hear me, tap, 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 I, yeah. I i got i got i got a little bit sucked into the internet wormhole of shining theories the other week right i'm not gonna bore anyone right but, but i saw this video okay right i saw this video it wasn't a great video some teenager in america put put this together right but he's talking about the whole you've always been here mr torrance mm-hmm. you've always mm-hmm. been the caretaker mm-hmm. here he's talking about that you know you see the photo at the end jack mm-hmm. nixon is in the 1925 ball and all 21. that stuff 
And she went, oh, well, <laughs> damn. <laughs> um, but, right, oh, my God, this guy showed this clip. You know the clip at the start where Ullman is walking them through the lounge? Yeah. It, Wait, just, this just is the, Jack on his... Uh, he's uh, what, Jack and the family. Um, yeah. This is the Colorado lounge. Yeah, it was yeah. built on an ancient Indian burial ground, blah, 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 whatever. Right, he's walking along, and the guy shows video, and he goes, did you see that? No, didn't see it. Right, he reversed the video. In the background, there's a caretaker working on a bookshelf and he's wearing a red jacket and blue jeans and he has Jack Nicholson's long hair. It's Jack, the caretaker, at work in the background. It's it's undoubtedly him. Like oh. It's crazy. Of all the theories and things I've seen over the years, I've never heard of that. And I just saw that. I was like, oh my God, that is brilliant. He's just barely in the background. You know? But he's already there. He hasn't yes. even started the job yet. Yeah. And he is already there. Yeah, because he's always been there. I freaking love it. <laughs> oh, I love it. We'll have to do a special podcast in The Shining. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, you know, because it's between the book and the film, like, mm. there's so much you can talk yeah, about yeah. those things. That like, would need yeah. some proper preparation yeah. I mean, as well. I would well, happily like, do, like, a three hour, like, that book still, um, like, the movie is, is, is one thing, the book is another thing. Mm. They're both fantastic. They are both separate entities, though. It's they, weird, isn't yes. it? Like, I still consider them like uh, no criticism towards either actually because yeah. I love the film absolutely and completely. I love the book absolutely but they are actually even though they share so much they're still such completely different beasts yeah. the yeah. characters are actually completely different it, like the, what Jack Nicholson brought is is insane like uh, and th- they're just they're both fantastic they're both standalone things mm. and the topiary will haunt me till the day <laughs> <of> the <time>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's just talk um a little bit about your movie, Mark. Um, I mean, one of the things, because we're all into movies here. We're all making films. I mean, one of the things I was curious about was, because, um, you know, I'm thinking myself, okay, I'm going to do another, like, go out and make a film on your own, you know? And what was the, what I'm curious about is, because it takes a lot of kind of effort and kind of courage, I suppose, to go, right, I'm going to make this movie. And so what was that moment, or can you remember, from the idea of just going, right, I'm going to do this and then taking it to that next step of it actually becoming a reality. Yeah, it's a weird one because you're right because I know you did The Disturbed was your second feature. That's one of the ones you did for... Yeah, like 900 euros. Yeah. And it was like, it was a point where I had to do it. But it yeah, it's to... a point of frustration though, it is. Yeah, like, yeah. See, like I hadn't, I guess I realized I was a lot older than you when you made your first film. And if I didn't make something soon, because I'd nearly gotten a film called The Nobodies. It was, there was interest in it and it looked like we were going to get that made. And then that kind of fell apart. And yeah, and I kind of realized if you don't get out there and make something, you just can't. Because there was always this argument that until you've proven yourself, mm. you know, how are other people going to know to trust you? And it's the chicken and egg type yeah, thing with yeah, all these yeah. things. So, yeah, it literally came down to it was about August last year and I was just really frustrated and like kind of sad about the whole thing and I just knew I was going to have to do something. And I liked the found footage thing, but I knew also I could make it work. I guess the same because my background from making money is doing sort of corporate type things. And, you know, I think anyone who's done videos like that where you have very little resources, you get quite used to knowing what you can or can't achieve mm-hmm. with limited resources, you know, and you know you can work quite quickly and what you can get away with um, and you know, you can shoot what you need as opposed to having to cover it all completely. But yeah, I literally realized that if I didn't make a film soon, it wasn't going to happen. And then I was faced with the reality of Ireland gets really fucking cold. Mm. So I was going to need to shoot it before things went really bad. And I kind of realized, well, that means it's going to have to be done by October this year. And I had a script uh, as a basic idea, but I met up, my, my lead actress, Elva Trill, she recommended a friend of hers, Tess is, who was my co-producer in the end, but I met her in Starbucks, I think at the end of August, and explained to her that I thought I could make a film in nine days. And she was like, 
okay, you're completely insane, but how much money do you have? None. <laughs> and she it's like, Cotton is Let's like, do it. Yeah. And I was like, no, I think I, I can get X amount, which I, I won't say until we sell the film, but like, it, it very, very small, a lot smaller than a film board short would be, mm, shall we yeah. say. Um, but yeah, and so literally said, yeah, no, I don't even have that money in place yet. And she's like, and when do you hope to start shooting? In about four weeks. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and you have the rest of the cast? No. And you have anything? No. But and you it, had the script. I had the script, right. and mm-hmm. I had that just kind of crazy, bizarre determination to do it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and, I, and we did manage to get it together. But the hard thing was with that, you know, where everyone looks at you and says, are you sure you can do this? Mm-hmm. And then it turned out that, I, you know, with the money we had, I could only do it in five days instead of nine. Would you not, would you not make a short <laughs> instead? See, like, but no, because you know, I think... What's that's the, the thing yeah, people say. People like, do, and it's like, mm-hmm. what's the fucking point? Yeah. It's just, what's the point? I think that, that that's an important thing, because it was the same for me when I did, did my film like that. Setting a date... And going, I have to do it because what I did was I booked a house yeah. in two months time. Mm-hmm. And right. because if when you don't do that, it's always this just thing that's it, it just won't it doesn't happen. have any reality. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's like that's all it needs, really. It's like it's happening on this date. You, and you I have think that creates forced. the energy. To... The pressure it puts on you is incredible, yeah, particularly yeah. in those situations, because like if you're creating a disturbed, you did so much of that in your own as well. You ha- handled mm. so many roles, actually, even more than I would have. And like it's no one can understand kind of the pressure of that and it's difficult because you're telling other people you can definitely do this and inside your head you're going like fuck I really hope I can do this I think mm-hmm. I can do this but there's no guarantees you know because mm-hmm. for us we shot five days and four of those were outside and as it happened it didn't rain on any of those days and it was warm for October but if we had rained out we would have been in serious trouble because we couldn't afford reshoots or anything but you kind of have to have that bizarre ballsy like I just we're just going to go for this yeah, and yeah. because like yeah you just you, there's no there's never going to be the perfect time you know, so was that October of this year? Last year, last so year, that was yeah. like we started on October the twenty third, and our we shot four days within a week. Then, and we did the last day, I think, the first week of November. And how long were your days? Fourteen or fifteen hours. And how, like, how many pages were you shooting per day? We were shooting on average twenty one pages of script. Damn. <laughs> Which again, no, like, if you've seen the film, because we actually like for each scene we moved, which is about every half a page or three quarters of a page, we moved to a different location. What? So, you know, this is the, awesome. the pressure was, it was incredible. But now the yeah. actors really, they, they, without them, it wouldn't have worked. And we had a really good sound crew because that was the big thing that I knew we were going to have to get. But you can't, like, because I had post-traumatic stress for months after that, like, <laughs> bizarre shit. Waking up in the middle of the night, like, drenched yeah. in sweat. Yeah. You know, uh, Kat, my girlfriend, would ask to go to, you know, she's going to the toilet in the middle of the night. I was like, get a torch, get a torch, make sure you bring it to like, it, 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 I can't tell you, like, even a year later, I'm still actually tired and like emotionally worn out from that whole experience. It's just, it takes more energy than you could ever imagine. And yet I'm still trying to figure out how can I just start the next one? Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. I was the same after we made The Light of Day, yeah. uh, it, the film we made with Film Base a couple of years ago, a feature and post-traumatic stress. That's what it was like. It was like, uh, I remember a week or two after waking up in the middle of life and like, oh God, what, what time were we shooting? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What the what if I forgot There's no like script like for today. <laughs> I don't understand. Time. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. It you is. just get so immersed in it. I always hear people calling my name. That's the worst thing. <laughs> I wake up and I'm like, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Like, Action. No. <laughs> Action. <laughs> but Mark, um, so d- did you wear a couple of hats in this production? Did you do just directing or were you doing anything else? I wore the hat, the jacket, the socks. <laughs> <laughs> you, it was no. very cold time of year. You bought the t-shirt <laughs> yeah no look you know it, it's one of those things because it can sound when you list off all those things like it was just a one-man show and it wasn't obviously because we had incredible cast incredible crew a great co-producer who helped me all these things and just people like extras who came mm. out but from my side of things yeah it was director writer editor co-producer 
colorist um, <laughs> and you know after that marketing distribution poster <laughs> yeah. designer um, DCP creator nice. you know <laughs> like are you on the end credits like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it, you know it's one of those things because it's just when you don't have the money it's a really Special hard one because like there are people who say they do it for you for a couple of hundred euro but you know they're never going to put that amount of hours yeah. Yeah. and effort into it that you're going to put in which is hard because like say because you don't have the experience in it mm. it's going to take you way longer to do than someone who really knows their stuff mm. but it's just you can't bank in it and when you put so much effort in to get this far the fear of it falling apart because someone else like even as an editor like if I gave someone 500 euro or even a grand to edit a film a feature film takes so much longer than that yeah. that, you know you're, it's not going to cover their time properly and unless you have someone who is kind of on the same level yeah. as you who sees the real potential and is willing to commit that's difficult you know yeah. and are they going to be able to put in the errors I only had a friend of, of me and Connors who just finished shooting a film asking me recently you know about getting that process going about getting an editor for his film on a low budget and it's you know we were kind of brainstorming on how do, how do we get an editor to spend the, that amount of time on the film you can't, and you can't have someone who's only going to do two or three hours That's when they it. get a bit of time mm. here or there because yeah. you know yeah it's, it's a very very tricky one mm. um, I think it's Connor you've edited all your films as well haven't you or, yeah except uh, one but uh, yeah um, but yeah mostly I do it myself like I enjoy it it's, it's nearly like the after you've gone through the madness of the filming mm. it's sort of there's something relaxing about sitting there yeah. with the footage and cutting it together I think, I think it's a great way to learn as well yeah. about what you're doing as a director you know yeah oh, I did that really well. I'll do that again. Oh, I'll never do that again. You know, like it's, it, you're, you're basically uh, just learning so much from it. And I think uh, Kevin Smith, he's, he basically says, you know, if you've written it, it's born in your heart, like, you know, and then you go out and you shoot it and you direct and you make it, then how could you possibly hand that over to someone else? It's like, it's like having a kid and then giving it to someone else going, here, you raise it, you know? Mm-hmm. But Which is say- an option if you've chosen that, that's a <laughs> <laughs> But saying that, you know, I, I have worked on a couple of projects recently where, you know, I've, I've written it, shot it, and handed it over to another editor and then just gotten the benefit of that fresh pair of eyes That's on the what project. I'm wondering, because, like, of course, like, when we edit our own stuff, we edit exactly as we how we thought it yeah, should be, but yeah. there's no chance for someone to look at it new mm. and maybe find something. It's a difficult one because there's a danger that they'll do something and you'll go back and make them change it all to the way you yeah. want it, but there is that chance that they see something that If you, you have can. a good editor, if you have yeah. a good editor who's not just someone who knows how to use the software. I think the that's software. the difference. Yeah, and understands your... Yeah, totally. Like, I've worked w- with a good editor this yeah. year, and it was unbelievable. Like, yeah. literally, they made mm. the program, you know, and just their attention to just music and de- like, do you know what it's I mean? It's like another director coming totally. on board. Totally. Like. It, it, it transformed the thing. Yeah. I, was, I mean, it wasn't, I, it wasn't something I directed, but yeah. it was really interesting. I suddenly saw the benefit yeah, of, some, of what somebody it, can that, bring. That happened with a, a short I did maybe last year. And it was it's such a short period of time that I wasn't going to be able to edit it. This other guy was editing for it who'd edited something else that I was working on before. And I was like, yes, this is why you have another editor. It, it, you know, you don't maybe maybe sometimes you just have to edit your own thing or you don't have the budget for someone else. Mm. But if you can, yeah, if they're really good at what they do, they'll make those decisions. They'll collaborate with you, you know, yeah. and then I've edited stuff for other directors and they've sat down with me. And there's I've kind of had that feeling before where you're like, what's the point with the director sitting in with me? It's like he's almost pulling my strings, you know, but then, you know, he ge- he gives you, he might give you really good directions, you know, or you might be able to make calls that he's too precious to make or whatever, you yeah, know, yeah. so um, it's a good collaboration when it's... Uh, oh, it is a collaboration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it's all those roles though, isn't it? Like it's, it's the problem with low budget because again, on ours, it was just so bonkers. We didn't have mm. a first AD, we didn't have a DOP. That was, you know, me or the actors, which is even crazier. But like, 
you know, making short films, especially with whether it's friends or, or other people on a low budget, you tend to have to sacrifice all these roles. Or you have people stepping into a role, even like Continuity, who isn't a professional person of that. Yeah. And so that, you know, that's fine and it's helpful. But it was only when I did the short film with the Lear a couple of years ago that I had a professional first AD come on. And it is incredible to have the difference. Just for me as a director, that's the most enjoyable time I've ever had on set because it took so much pressure off me yeah. to have people who can actually manage these things. So all those little roles are actually so incredibly important mm-hmm. if you can get someone to do it. You totally. Know? Um, Ali's laughing there at the mention of continuity, and I think I know why. <laughs> we worked with the greatest continuity person. What happened? So we we'd well well I just we'd go like, was the door opener closed in that shot? Why are you asking me? <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> at one point, do you remember she literally said? You can fix that in post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone just stopped what they were doing and just slowly turned to look at her. <laughs> but in fairness to her, like she was, she was in IDT at the time. I think she was only in her first or second right. year. Um, you had one job, Phil, though. You know, because <laughs> <laughs> we, we didn't have continuity to begin with. Because yeah, as, yeah. as always, we're like, "Fuck, continuity's <laughs> gonna slow us down." And then we're like, "No way, seriously, we need continuity." Yeah. And she like she sometimes just for a laugh we'd go, <laughs> hey. <laughs> so uh, you know, it was the window opener closed or whatever, and it was just what window? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a funny one though as well because continuity is is a, that was one that scared us a lot, especially when you're working very quickly because it can really undo mm. you in an edit. Yeah. Sometimes, not all, a lot of the time, you get away with it if yeah. the scene is working. You know, people shouldn't be noticing too I've much. I've seen but, funny but things. Yeah, you get, you get away. Had, get away because uh, our things, costume so. person wasn't on set on day three for us, and my lead actress. So they, they were in the same outfit as as the previous day. It was the same day in the film and. Uh, she had kind of two types of jackets, but she put them on the other way. So the other one was on the outside. Okay. And only at the end of it did we realize she'd shot the whole thing that way. But thank God she remembered and actually mentioned to me and wasn't too afraid to. And so you'll notice in Chromewood, there's a little bit where Elva crosses a river and takes off her two jackets just to wa- wet down her arms with the water, just to freshen herself up <laughs> and puts the jackets back on the other way. And that was our way of fixing it. Ah, but like, okay. you know, it's those kind of things. You're trying to make it as like, that's a slightly unnecessary moment, but it's, it, you know, there it's are justified. ways around it. Yeah. yeah. I know in um, when they were doing the Evil Dead 2, what they, because they, there was so much blood on Bruce Campbell, oh, they just yeah. used to shoot these scenes of him just washing his face or just oh, you yeah. know so Wipe it would so they knew in the next scene it didn't matter whatever right. way the blood <laughs> they you know and so uh, you know it sounds like an amazing uh, process for getting your film made you know like august to october you know it's really inspirational to filmmakers and it kind of just makes me want to go out and make something you know yeah. how did the uh Harathon screening come about and how did it go down yeah, no, it's it's a funny one because like, I like I do think everyone should go and make their film. I think Connor, mm. you would agree with that as well. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm uh, still trying to motivate myself to <laughs> get out and do yeah, another one. You know, it's it like is. You're but, never like, there's no one who anyone who's made one will not deny it's an incredibly hard mm. process. You yeah. know, and it does take a huge amount of determination. But then I guess we're all in this because of that sort of passion. And if it was that easy, everyone would do it. Mm-hmm. 
you know um, yeah the Harathon thing literally you know submitted it uh, I've been going to the Harathon for I don't know how many years probably an embarrassing amount uh, so that's where I first met Mark back in, yeah. the, back in the horror club yeah but I remember like that was actually the earlier years <laughs> I was coming was when Dead Meat was having a test screen and uh, upstairs yeah, yeah, in the yeah, yeah. yeah so it's been you know 10 to 12 or 13 or wow. god knows how many years but yeah so like, you know it was what you've seen all these great films there that's where I saw the thing on the big screen the Wicker Man Aliens mm-hmm. like you know we've had great guests over the years so it was it was an important place for me the idea of screening your film for the first time to the public there was really great and we got screen three because it was a really good year and it was very busy this year but we were originally given screen three which is the smallest in the IFI which you know it's a nice little screen but mm. it is a, a little screen mm. and so you know yeah. it's a little bit disappointing the front about room, that. I call it. yeah it is like it's a very it's it's nice in a way but it's just it's not grand yeah, shall we say yeah. it's a 62 seater right. um but we managed to sell that out quite quickly and uh, so the ifi bumped us up to screen one which was really really great because that is you know the main screen like oh, you yeah, know yeah. we've seen like you know francois truffaut films <laughs> up there and yeah, apocalypse yeah. now and, and there's chromewood you know <laughs> but no so it was incredible and it was great to be able to let the, the public kind of see it and see genuine genuine reactions from people because you know it's a hard thing when you're making a film on a very limited budget you don't want to apologize for those limitations, but it is hard to compete with, you know, not mm. having 20 days even to shoot yeah. it. You know, again, mm. shooting 20 pages of dialogue in a day is bonkers. We had action as well in Chromewood. It's not like it's just talking. Mm. Um, so, you know, you don't want to apologize for those things, but just even seeing your film being shown with these other ones and actually just being measured on the same level yeah. is, mm. from a filmmaking point of view, a great achievement. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so no, like it, it was wonderful and uh, hopefully, you know, we get it, we get it sold and put out there to more. And Cronewood, what's next for the film or how can we uh, support it or get to see it again? Well, give me money to make my second one. <laughs> uh, no, you know, at the moment it really, it's trying to get the sales agent. So mm. that's the next big stage that's kind of tricky. Because again, normally you'd have like, say proper producers that's not supposed to be against my co-producer or me on it. But, but more you know, resources. It's our like... first time people who've experienced and they have those connections. Yeah. It, it's actually quite difficult just to even get a sales agent actually watch because there's so many people making so much content and that's no one's fault. It's the same way that it's very hard to apply to producers with scripts because they've blocked it off that unless you have an agent, they're not going to read stuff just because there's so many people out there who can send it in. And that's completely fair from their point of view because they would just be inundated with thousands of things. So really the challenge is, yeah, getting your head above the parapet and just having someone give you the time. We have an extra challenge because Cronwood is a found footage film and it's kind of not in vogue at the moment. I think it's probably fair to say. So, you know, we've, completely believe in the film I think if you watch it you'll enjoy it but definitely there's a slight bias on that way of people kind of going oh I'm not sure about that you know and if they can find any reason it's like a script you know if you can find any reason not to watch it because you've got a pile of 20 on your desk Mm. people will use any they can you know so Mm. it's just a matter of pushing through on that we have we got I got an email on Friday from an American sales agent who's kind of curious and Mm. we'll see but you know that's the the next big thing is yet yeah, to try and get that out to just make way so I can move on to the next one. I don't want to yeah. spend the next year or two yeah. Yeah. fighting to get this one out there. It's got to be you know we keep rolling yeah, on. That's awesome the sauce. Thing about the film industry is it's it the the moss that catches the worm. Trying to get the momentum. The, the whatever the thing. The Rolling Stone. <laughs> it's the moss that catches the worm. The Rolling Stone crushes the worms. Like, the worm's it, moss. It is. If you, if, you, if you fall out of it, like, I mean, I, I worked in film production and then I moved to LA and I worked in production for a couple of months and was really lucky and now I've moved out of it and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like so far out of it right now and all I want to do is get back into it. So like, you're right. It's like, you've made a movie. You need to like, while the iron is hot, is that a saying? You gotta, you gotta <laughs> kick. <laughs> while that iron is hot, you gotta kick that worm in the balls. Yeah. Like, you, you better iron your clothes. While <laughs> you better the iron, iron is hot. your clothes. <laughs> um, yeah, you better like keep it going because yeah. as soon as that 
I'm so bad. Momentum. Momentum, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Runs out. You're back to square one. And it's so unfortunate that, that that's the way it happens. That's why you're still tired, because you've never stopped. No. It, it's, it's a never stopping Just like Justin Bieber. <laughs> I've literally turned to Trump here with all these really bad words. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Big me. Big me. <laughs> Um, what else, Connor? So, did that, people see any other films? What have you got I, on your list I, I sat around at home because I was very sick, which is why I didn't see your film, which I apologize for because I really... I also had a ticket for, for the horror-thon for Taron Barker, a friend of mine, Zoe Kavanagh's oh, film, yeah. which, I, sadly, I was too sick to go to. Actually, so I, yeah, just before you go, can you give a little shout-out to Zoe on that? Because Zoe had, like, the same slot. It was at half 11 on Saturday night, and she was in Scream, because, again, hers, she was originally Scream 2, and she sold that out very quickly, but she packed... Screen one mm. on that Saturday. Awesome. It was like way over 200 seats full. It was an incredible crowd that roared, and I'm there really seemed to be a great that, reaction yeah. to the film. So, like, uh, big congratulations because I know she worked very hard. She on poured her heart and soul yeah. into that movie, yeah. you know, yeah. and she was like, you know, writer, director, editor, music, all yeah. sorts on that film. And, you know, it's, you know, it's a big movie. It's a big it superhero <laughs> action thriller uh, horror movie. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. not no easy feat. Like so, it was, it was. I was really happy for her, and I was devastated that I didn't make it to it. But I yeah. will see it uh, soon. But I stayed at home and I watched Rose Red based Yay! on the uh, the uh, the uh, recommendations of you guys, and. Um, it was it was good. It was definitely you know it was definitely good. Steve, Stephen King vibe off it. You know, Nancy Travis was she was. I thought I thought her performance was a bit wait, off. Wait, wait. Who is she? She's the lead in um, the blonde. The blonde curly the hair. Psych- she psychiatrist, was psychiatrist, not psychiatrist. Psychic. Psychic. Yeah. But I love the premise of the film. There was definitely some Carrie stuff going on there with yeah. the with the raining oh, the, the stones. Rocks. Yeah. 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 Uh, but one of the things that really kind of took me by surprise in it. Because, you know, I was about halfway through watching this, like, six-hour movie or whatever, and I was, like, looking up some of the actors on IMDb, one of the breaks, and uh, I saw Matt Ross was in the film. I think his name is Matt Ross. And I recognized his picture on um, on IMDb, and I was like, who is he in the film? McPoyle. He plays... No, McPoyle, did you say? That's Jimmy Simpson, who oh, plays McPoyle. He was also in Westworld at the moment. Yes, he is. Westworld's amazing, if anyone uh-huh. hasn't seen it. I'm but sure. um, it's really brilliant, yeah. Uh... But Matt Ross plays Emery. Yes. He's the guy with the glasses. With in, the, he's the heavy he's guy. In, uh, he's in Silicon, Silicon Valley. Valley yeah. And he just made his writing and directing debut with Captain Fantastic. Has anyone seen Captain no Fantastic? No way, that was fantastic. That That's was a him. brilliant film. <laughs> That's an incredible film. So, that really, was, really so the guy it. who wrote and directed that movie was Emery from That's Rose Red. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't yes. know he did that. He's Isn't that crazy? I need to meet him and get him to sign my Rose Red. What <laughs> a legend. I, so, I, when I first saw the first episode of Silicon Valley, mm. I flipped my shit because I was like, ah! Are you and serious? No because way. Because that's the only person. That's I'd the only never recognised him. him. I'd never recognised like, him. And he's I was like, oh, he's really skinny. Yeah. Sorry, do not make me offensive. He's like, like but, he's, but he's like he's a quite, slick business guy. Yeah. He's ruthless. Yeah. Like in so Stephen King's movie, he's much different. He lives in his mom's basement. Like, <laughs> yeah. so I'm really happy for him. That's amazing. I didn't yeah. know he'd, he'd done that. I Captain knew he Fantastic was killing it in, in Silicon Valley, but um. But anyway, Rose so Red. would you recommend me to see Rose Red? Yeah, check it out. Okay. Check it out. You know, um, it's uh, the great thing about it is it's it's a film about loads of different types of psychics, okay. which is re- which I think is the oh, really unique uh, selling yeah. point about it. You know, um, 
and I don't want to kind of spoil anything else. But it, it does. And Julian, oh sorry. Yeah, no, go on. I was going to say Julian Sands is in it, and he's British and very. He's very good. Okay. He's very good. Well, he's very yeah. Julian Sands. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it does. Like it does. It, you know, it's like a lot of those w- ad- adaptations. First part's definitely the best part. Mm-hmm. Second yes. part drifts a bit, but it's definitely worth watching. Yeah, and it and it is it is like one of those kind of Stephen King TV movie Absolutely. quality yeah, type yeah. things but it's still Stephen King's story but you know what I mean think, so like, even the music like uh, a theme from a summer place like it's horrifying yeah. it's it's just genius and there's um like some of the prosthetics in it and some of the makeup like it is mm. it's it's it, it is a bit cheap yeah but mm. it's freaking it's better than any CGI like mountain of yeah. zombies falling down on top I, of you it's, I agree. it's really good it's two really good. two other films I watched um I re- <coughs> rewatched Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. That's a great. Lot I, of fun. I've probably seen that movie about five times, and it still gets me every time when that guy runs into the wood chipper. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, yeah. and he looks around, and he's suddenly he's holding his legs yeah, like, yeah. "Oh my god!" And and then when when they're running from the bees, and the guy <laughs> impales himself yeah, yeah. on the branch, I just crack up laughing. It's fantastic. Or it's like it's like they they've got a friend. It's like where is she? It's like I don't know, but I think they were eating her face. <laughs> 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 and uh, in, in horror comedy I also watched um, for the second time and this time I much preferred it was uh, What We Do in the Shadows oh, you know that? oh yeah I thought it was better the second time yeah. and uh, great yeah, yeah. Just really they're making it. a sequel I think and a TV series oh that's I what I heard yeah, I heard the making a TV series, series. I heard. yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing oh my god yeah no I love it that so is funny. genius that movie and actually when, when we were doing um, The Light of Day Simon yeah um, shout out to Simon Simon sent me the trailer yeah. for what we do in the shadows, and he was like, "Oh God damn it!" Yeah. Someone else is actually doing a mockumentary vampire film. Exactly. And then, like the two of us watched it, like at the reception desk in film base, no and we were like, oh, "This looks amazing!" Yeah, like, it's yeah. Just, it's phenomenal. Absolutely. Like, yeah, we were we cool. were in production on a mockumentary about a film crew making a vampire movie, so we were like, "Oh yeah, great!" You know, we're doing something really. Like unique and so, yeah. and then this trailer comes out. It's like, oh my god, that looks amazing! <laughs> <laughs> Damn, then. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's so good. Um, the the film I watched that we were talking about last we last time was The Legend of Hell House. Oh yeah, which was in Mark's top five, and I have to say, it's amazing. Really? Yeah. You it's watch it when I get home. I'm so it's relieved when you said that because it's just that awful fear, you know, when you recommend something, but I'm delighted. It's you actually, it. it's one of those films I can't believe I haven't seen, and I started watching it again this, mm-hmm. the next day. Wow! Um, it's it's a brilliant film, and it's brilliantly shot, like the way it's filmed, the actors, like like, um, uh, also the actress in it. On a side note, is the actress from is the girl from The Innocence, the little girl. Oh, no right. way, Pamela Franklin. The one who's attacked by the cat? The one who's the the kind of younger of the two women. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and it reminded me, because then I was looking her up on IMDb, and she was also in this other film called um, uh, And Soon the Darkness. I don't know if I've seen it, but it's, a, it's another really good film. Yeah. Um, but Legend of Hell House, I can't recommend that film enough. It's kind of fact. everything. Like, if someone it's, has asked you to describe what you think mm. a good horror film is, it just kind of has it all, doesn't it? Like, but it's like, it's, and it, it's also, I started watching it at night, and it's so rare to find a film these days that does actually it cre- put you on edge. And, no, it and, does. And, it gets under, yeah. and, and I'm not even quite sure why, and that's why I've watched mm. it a few times with that kind of interest. I, it just gets under your skin, and it's just the tone and the way they just, the pacing that just carries through it. And I think as well, sometimes with those old films, you, you're not sure how far they're going to go, do you know? Yeah. And the, I think one of the first scenes when the ghostly activity starts, 
It actually, it's it, it's it's quite scary. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And, but you know what's weird? Because like, again, like say for haunted house films and everything, that there's not much you haven't seen done in the film. But when yeah. it's done right and the tone yeah. in the film is right, like a cup moving across the table can actually be very creepy. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't have to be cheesy or oh that's not exciting. Like it's just if done in that right way everyone and if the actors react in a way there's something just hits you kind of going well that's pretty disturbing yeah, you know yeah. it is because like imagine if you were just in your kitchen right and you were just you know cooking some pancakes or whatever and then all of a sudden the like cupboard door is just open in front of you I don't give a shite y'all are going to run to your sitting room screaming that's <laughs> to the sitting room out of the house and down the <laughs> <laughs> we're safe in the sitting room everyone knows ghosts can't get into the sitting room have you not seen poltergeist go towards the TV towards it um yeah, like it's it, those little tiny things. Like everyone's like, "Duh, mm. they're so cute." It's like, no, that's actually horrifying. Like mm. if I was cooking and something opened <laughs> or like a cup moved across or something fell, the first place my mind is going to go is that the devil's in the house. Yeah, the other one, the other one from that. Um, I don't know if you've seen the entity. Oh, yeah, I have yeah. that here. Entity question mark. Should I watch the entity? Yes, it's been on my watch list absolutely. for ages. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, Barbara Hershey's the actress in it. Okay. Who also appears in uh, Insidious. Yeah. Oh, kind of, yes. I think okay. it's a callback to her in those movies. Right. But but uh, the entity is another one that it actually does pack a punch. Like, okay. um, uh, I don't want to say too much about it if mm. you're going to watch it, but it's definitely worth a watch. I've had it she's on my brilliant. list. I actually like, have she's it amazing at home. in it. She's I've been meaning to watch it for ages and. It was it was actually also I mentioned on the last podcast that Martin Scorsese top eleven scariest movies of all time. It's on that, so that's why I have it. Um, I need to see this list. It's a good list, you know. It has the changing on of which I know Mark gave you earlier on DVD. You know what else I watched that you guys mentioned last podcast? Carnival of Souls. Oh yeah, I watched that, and I had just just after you guys mentioned it, I read an article online, probably on like No Film School or something like that. Mm all about how so many modern horror films and TV have been influenced by it. So I was like, oh, I'll give this thing and watch it. It's only like an hour and 20 minutes long or something. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. And what it reminded me of a lot, and now this would have come out before, but um, it, it reminded me a lot of the original Twilight Zone, the Rod Serling series. Okay. It reminds me of like the hitchhiker kind of episodes. The, the plot is nearly like... It's uh, very yeah, like yeah, a Twilight Zone yeah. episode. And then the ending, very like Jacob's Ladder. Right. Does anyone remember Jacob's Ladder? Yeah, yeah. Tim Robbins. Yeah, yeah. the ending was just it seemed very like it, but there's just some great scary moments in it, you know, because it's just it's just a guy with white face makeup yeah. following this woman around. Why is that scary? I don't know, but they made it terrifying. Like you know that scene where she's like, it's as if she's talking to a psychiatrist, but he the chair is turned around facing yeah, away yeah. from her. And she's like a doctor. I just don't know what's going. On. I don't know. What. And you know, you're like, it's the guy. It's gonna turn around. He's gonna be in the chair. 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 Then he turns around and it's him. And you're like, yeah, yeah, there he is. But then he gives her this weird smile, and it's just like, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you so know that scene freaky. when she's trying to talk to people. Yeah. And, and, oh, and, and no one's like, no, That's very see Twilight Zone as well. Yeah. That there's an episode this mannequin episode of the Twilight Zone that's very like that as well they said that film influenced Night of the Living Dead a lot as well and you can okay. kind of feel I mean they're both yeah. quite low budget black yeah. and white yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. but again that's, yeah, it's understanding that simplicity the way that like your man in Car- Carnival Souls is so creepy but even the zombies in Night of the Living Dead like it is ju- just people pale people sort of hovering there and, yeah. and the same approach you used in Demi like that classic sort of zombie thing like it's the lack of movement makes them much scarier we're more freaked out by people who aren't behaving it's a menacing in a very emotive way. You can't understand that. You can't interpret it. You don't know mm-hmm. what they're going to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's why Slenderman's scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, has anyone seen the trailer for the HBO documentary, Beware Slenderman? 
has Man Man ever been made into a film or no? It's um, Sinister kind of tapped into yeah. it a little bit. There's there apparently actually because I saw someone post on Twitter. Apparently there are two Slender Man films on the way, but I, they've got to be low budget ones because the reason they haven't been made is because of the creepy pasta online bit. For anyone who isn't aware, creepy pasta is kind of the modern day urban legend stuff where mm. people create stories on the internet, but people contribute to and add to. Yeah. And because of that, there's no clear ownership. So there's yeah. two or three people who claim they they created Slender Man, mm. but they're all at different times and had different elements. So it's it's something that Hollywood can't actually buy because if they could, wow. they'd churn them out. So the only one, the, the documentary from HBO is based on those, you know, those two girls who tried to kill their friend yeah. claiming they were sacrificing her yeah. to uh, Slenderman. Oh, right. Yeah. That is funny because I, I made a little short like about two months ago um, about, it was a Snapchat thing, but the... <laughs> but Splatchat. But, Splatchat. <laughs> but the... Over a million views? Is that available three, online anywhere? Three million. Fuck. Oh, can yeah. can that be seen online anywhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where? TV, on Crip TV, yeah, yeah. On Facebook and stuff. But uh, what I thought was funny is the I just made the the person who was sending the messages called the most it was like Evil Spirit Thirteen or something right. like this, okay? And then I was reading the comments and someone's like, Oh my god, I've heard of Evil Spirit Thirteen. <laughs> like, you know, and it's weird how That's online yeah. a thing can be kind of just become a it just it just gathers yeah. moss. Yeah. Some yeah. sort of <laughs> momentum. <laughs> <laughs> don't count your arms until they're hot <laughs> but uh, no but it, like that's that's that lovely idea though if you create something and then this kind of mythos grows from it like yeah, yeah. yeah but I hope you got it's like I'll take that I'll take <laughs> yeah, that backstory it's story. like, it's like it's yeah very, yeah Evil Spirit 13 it, you know? that's, the, that's the mythology behind it Evil Spirit, Spirit 13 yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's but totally we intentional we need more mythology we need like that's why The Exorcist and like Max Shrek scared shy out of people is like mm. all of this word of mouth like and now we don't need to actually talk to people we can just like post a comments like whoo you know like yeah. we need this i think i we should create something but we've just after giving it away but we should create something that literally scares the living shit out of people but i would like, like that very much that, that <laughs> i could die happy knowing that you've contributed some horror to the world horrifying. but it is like the internet is that way though it is that thing if you could create something like whether it's a small fan footage piece or just even a creepy video and mm. you just post it up on the internet completely anonymous and you just leave it there mm. with well, the hope that someone finds it you know like and it's very hard but you'd have to point but like that is where this stuff grows it's modern day you know i think even even connor would like some of your inspiration for making these short one minute things is like that movie um selfie that thing oh yeah like that's yeah. just so simple that little horror movie online it's like yeah. one minute long it's just it, it's 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 it's, it's a master class in misdirection yeah you know you're just you're looking over there. i've seen it a few there? times and every time i watch it, it you still jump? i still makes you want to jump out of your skin yeah, because yeah. it just <laughs> plays with your this where the ones behind her in the corridor with no, not lights, lights out, out. but it, it's a very similar concept yeah. where it's a one trick thing where she's yeah. taking selfies and she can see every time she takes it she can see a shadow behind her it is, yeah, 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 it's yeah, and it gets thing, closer with yeah. each one she takes and then you're looking for it to get closer but then she takes another one and he's in a different position to where you thought he was going to be and mm. it scares the crap out of you <laughs> yeah. but it, it, gained, it gathered lots of sand as it rolled through the <laughs> desert and <laughs> the hourglass was full you know of views of it's the internet it's an interesting one though because like, like, Lights Out is a perfect example of that because that's where like Hollywood are, when they see these things and I'm sure selfies similar like people go like that's great and it gets millions of views and so they decide they want to make the film but it's a big problem and like I was saying earlier on about you know why bother making a short make a feature turning those kind of even if you get this great one concept like I think Lights Out is a perfect example of that it's not a bad film by any means but it is a concept stretched to its limits it's just not enough right. of a story do you know what I mean like it, it's a great scare yeah, for yeah, one yeah. scare but you can't lean on it for the whole film say the problem with the original Ouija film as well had like you know you can have a great scary scene with a Ouija board 
but you're not going to have 90 minutes of scary scenes with Luigi. You know what I mean? Like, it just, you have to be able to open it up to bigger. Yeah. Since we're all podcasting, um, (laughs) I'm getting my podcast on right now. But no, there was one thing that I have yet to check out for Halloween. I only discovered it recently was, does anyone listen to the podcast Snap Judgment? Can I just be mm-hmm. honest? I've never listened to a podcast. <laughs> I didn't even listen to our last episode. I was, too, <laughs> okay. I was too busy. Don't worry. We we all listened to the entirety of the last one, so it's okay. But I'm going to listen to them both <coughs> in a row. Binge, binge listen. But, yeah, next time you need a horror movie recommendation, you might just listen over the last episode or two. And, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, Snap Judgment is this brilliant podcast uh, from the States, and it's basically just real people telling their stories about uh, extraordinary things that have happened in their lives to set to music and sound design so it makes them really cinematic mm. so they're, these are like it's like the stories that are real are scripted essentially but it's just really atmospheric it's really brilliant but they have done some Halloween specials this year they've done like four spooktacular expe- uh, specials um, where it's real people telling these spooky stories from their lives set to horror type sound design mm. so I just highly recommend checking okay. it out for everyone snap that, judgment though. and like I was saying uh, in our in our real <coughs> horror show chat we should also do um, like we like uh, what's that TV show called uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark oh, yeah. do you remember that oh, from back yeah, in the day yeah, yeah. we could do something like that where I mean like I've got a bunch of horror comics everyone has horror comics we could like actually start telling like should reenact ghost stories. The like, Exorcist. <laughs> no, but like we, we could start telling actual ghost stories, like and like Connor was saying, like set it to music because that's what people did back in the day before mm. everyone had a TV in their homes. And if you we can have a special episode where we where we tell her, where yeah. Connor sits around an open fire. And <laughs> <laughs> Get the or the sound effect because it's Christmas time. The sound effect the of a fire. Like, but it would it would just be interesting, I think. Um, to see if we can scare each other silly in 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 this because we're in a basement, lads. There's a there's a crypt beside us, basically. Like it, it would be quite interesting. Okay, let's. If we do it at midnight. Put that on the agenda. Yeah. No, don't put that up. That, that, <laughs> we, we don't want that <laughs> on, on the agenda. agenda. <laughs> um, any other movies that people watched? Uh, I know we're probably running short on time, but actually there's one or two I want to give a shout out. I didn't see anything that amazing over cool. kind of Halloween, but definitely one I really liked, uh, which Connor was talking to you earlier on about, Lake Mungo. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. On, it's on Shutter, but I'm sure you find it in a few other kind of VOD places. Uh, found footage film, but like a, a, a mockumentary, but it, a mockumentary makes it sound like it's kind of a joke. It's just a... The thing, it's, it's basically, if I remember correctly, it's set up like you're watching a documentary. Like completely. It's not in the sense of Opening found credits, everything. It is yeah, just yeah. a documentary for an hour and a half, and it is about about a family where a daughter has passed and it's about a family dealing with that um, but they're also faced with the reality that strange things have started to happen and in photos and stuff when they've looked in the background they appear to have found what looks like their their now past daughter is appearing in these photos and they start to wonder if there's a reason that she's unhappy and they start delving into her past but it's done in a completely real way and it's very very unnerving and unsettling and it actually really deals with grief in a very kind of intelligent way as well so definitely, I would say, well, we're watching really well acted as well, actually, and a very tar- hard type of film to pull off, but they do. Give it a chance. It takes about 10 or 15 minutes to kind of get into it. But when those photos start turning up, oh, uh, yeah. I guarantee you, chills. Lake Mungo. Lake called. Mungo, yeah. yeah. It's an Australian and one. Is it, sorry, is it this year? It was released this year? No, I think it was maybe 2014 oh, or okay. something like that. Um, and then just another uh, shout to a fascinating one I found on Shudder called Shakma. Has anyone seen that? No. A killer Spell. baboon film. Uh, S H A K M A. 
So <laughs> Shackman basically <laughs> involves, yeah, it, it, you've pretty much gotten it already. Um, like, it, it's in a lab where they're testing on baboons. I can't even remember quite why or what, but, but Shackman got a particular dosage of something that wasn't good. <laughs> but at the same time, the guys who work there have decided they're going to play some kind of a role-playing game but they're going to use the office instead of a board and they've got walkie-talkies and so they're going to be moving through rooms and, and doing different things. And of course, there's a killer baboon on the loose and no one believes it, but uh, it, it's, it's everything you expect it to be. So if that sounds like something you'd enjoy, yes. If that sounds terrible, it is everything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a, a bit of fun. I think we're checking out if you're... Shackma. Gonna... Shackma. Awesome. And Shackma is the name of the baboon. It's the greatest killer baboon film ever. <laughs> and actually, just as we were talking briefly earlier on, best killer giant pig film, Razorback. Russell oh, Mulcahy's yeah, yeah. classic Razorback. Watch it. The guy who directed Highlander. Really, really good film. Beautifully shot. And yeah, like a, a ton better than you'd expect when you, you hear it's the best giant killer pig film. Is ever. it the same DOP as Highlander? Uh, I don't know actually if it is or not. It could well be, but it, like it really, it looks incredible. And like there's the greatest catchphrase there was like Razorbacks of two states of being dangerous and dead. <laughs> <laughs> and when, when was it made? Oh, I think it was like, uh, when, when was Highlander? Was that 87 or something like that? It was a couple of years yeah. before that. I think early 80s. Wow. But really striking visually. So are we talking practical, big giant puppet animatronic pig? There, there is. The pig actually looks pretty good in it. You don't see him a huge amount. Um, you know, How big are we talking here? I, that's my question. <laughs> I, guys, watch it, but I would say fucking big. Because, <laughs> like, like, uh, uh, I like, have relatives that own a farm, so I, I know what a big pig looks like. So oh, I, no, no. I'm thinking of a big pig. Are we talking about like a, like a super normal no, we are like well, for razorbacks like, are real pigs. Like they, they are kind of wild feral oh, pigs yeah. they have in Australia. But but this is uh, like uh, extra big. We're talking about yeah, like well, the size of a car. Well, pig. We're size. we're talking like kind of nine to twelve feet tall. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, basically, actually, <laughs> and it makes sounds a little bit like that too. But well worth watching. What was the? Did anyone see the giant rabbit killer rabbit? Oh, film? Night of the Leapers. Mm. Yeah, Night <laughs> of the Leapers. How have I not heard of it? It's of like Jaws. Yeah. But with killer rabbits. <laughs> but they, they, they have their little model village yeah. and they actually shoot just lovely, cute, adorable <laughs> rabbits running and st- hopping in slow yeah, motion yeah. down the streetscape with scary music. Yeah. And it's the most not intimidating <laughs> thing you could I ever see. see yeah. that. that and yeah. Slugs is another one, actually, if we're on the animal buzz, that it's a quite kind of uh, fun, gory uh, sort of one to watch. See, I never go in for those type of, uh, of, those type of horror films because I, like, I'm just going to laugh. I don't want to laugh. No, absolutely, yeah. Like, the, be there is a certain type of film. Yeah, uh, but I did love Cujo, but that's because like, I, I didn't like dog. Cujo. Oh, I love Cujo. I, Cujo I thought it was just, no, I, I just thought nothing happened in it. Do you not find it was it just a dog. It was it literally just a dog. But it's a dog. It's a scary it's just dog. A, it's, it's a, a dog. It's you a big, just... beautiful dog that goes rainy. I really, I like. Yeah. I thought it was like, a bad film. I was clearly, it's um the minority here. He's so drooling, like he looks fucking messed up. I saw Turner and Hooch for the first time. That was brilliant. Oh my god, well, the end. The first time you know that is That's a brilliant movie. Oh my god. <laughs> that is. And no amount of puppies make up for that. No. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no can we change the tone because <laughs> The Curse of the Were Rabbit. That's another great movie. That's oh, awesome. here's a movie. a movie. Were Cop. Were Werewolf Cop. I'm just making stuff up. No, I'm just no, free associated. You're right. There is. There's some no. new kind of one. It was I think it's like a Canadian film or something. Yeah. Werewolf Cop. The thing about Werewolf Cop. Had the coolest poster ever. Really, really beautiful. So kind of like we were talking about earlier, yeah? Really beautiful hand-drawn poster. Terrible film. Terrible, terrible film. Yeah, it's really, really disappointing. Don't watch it. We saw in LA. That was actually really good. Oh, that was Sting. 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 It was a giant wasp film. Sting. I haven't seen it, but I'm pretty sure it's Sting. It was really good. 
And then I saw another movie in that same theatre, which is, uh, shout out to that theatre, it's called The Silent Theatre, and it is haunted. Just so y'all know, nice. some man went in and killed a candy lady because she wouldn't go out with him. Oh, shit. Um, but there was another movie that I saw there, uh, Becca, I can't remember what it's called, but it's about werewolves. It was it was made in 2015. It was like a, an old man moved to an old folks' home, or, you know, like a Florida yeah. old person thing. I... <laughs> I've lost I'm not my helping you out here. Just gonna leave you. Just the blank stare. <laughs> so people write in on the back of a postcard. <laughs> um, uh, well, can I can I say one thing that I I uh, I am not gonna keep turning this mic. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hello. Um. So because I I was working like it like in insane hours the last um three weeks basically. There was um a couple of hours every here and there like one hour every three days where I'd get to you know not do work for like maybe half an hour <laughs> and uh so i'd watch an episode of american horror story because i have been following that mm. and did you guys no. ever watch i've seen episode one of season one and episode one of the lady gaga season the lady, so uh, so <laughs> it I, says it all, so really. the lady gaga <laughs> season has just gone up on on what's that thing called netflix and like <laughs> i'm that so fangled i'm so bad Netflix's. today i was like i'm so tired i'm like not making any sense but um the um it's actually a really, really good season. Like, it has so many, um, like, oh, that's words. <laughs> What's so that word? Many episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Rooms no, homages, the thank you. Homages, oh, that's yeah. the word. Um, to so many different... It, it, I, I thought it was a great season. And apparently, this next season is actually proper scary. Um, it's really violent. There's great soundtrack to it. It's, it's, it's basically like, I'm not going to say it's a John Carpenter TV series because that's sacrilegious. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. And not true. And not <laughs> true. It's, it is not true. But it is, it's really good. It's got ghosts. It's got vampires. It's got, um, it's got zombies. It's got, it's amazing. Like, it's, yeah. it's just really, it's really interesting. It's, and it's not scary, but it is entertaining. And wow. graphic. It's very graphic. A lot of blood. A lot of throat slitting. Nice. It's great. And I like the ghost aspect of it. That's my favorite. Me part. too. I like the Gaga aspect. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what I like about it is, is that it's it's a different story each season, isn't it? Yeah. So it's the same actors yeah. playing different characters in a different story each season. So could you technically, if you'd never seen the first season, could you just start watching? Oh, yeah. I like different. that. I like this that about it. This is the first season where they did a crossover. Yeah. So like the first the first season was the murder house, which is, it so was okay. So they're just building this universe, like really, aren't they? Con if they're able well, to cross well, over into the others. This is the only first season where they're, but they, they yeah, crossover. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, hopefully. Well, they crossed over a little bit with Coven, which was the worst thing ever. It was basically like, oh, it was just girls moaning for like <laughs> ten episodes. It was awful. It was really awful. Um, and then the second season was the was Asylum, which is really good because I love mental institutions in in regards to horror. Mm. That scares me. Except for the ward. The ward. John Carpenter's last film. Sorry, John. That's, if you're listening. Yes, I had to turn that off. Is that is that at the start of that? Is there is there two people having the ride up in the? I I've blocked most of it from my memory. Film ever, no, I, ever did, heard, uh, I, did, I had to I had to turn it off. I remember that because I was sorry. I'm sorry, John, but I did have to turn your movie <laughs> off. Yeah, no, I did. Because he's been and listening now, for the past two hours. <laughs> <laughs> our first guest, John Carpenter. <laughs> but hey, who was at John? Carpenter? I was at now, John that Carpenter. Was class. Wow. Were, were you guys not? Broke. That brilliant. That was amazing, I have to oh say. Oh, my God. Um, what were your highlights of the night? He played the hits. Like, he played, like, Assault on Precinct 13. Oh, my could God. Could not stop him in that. That was brilliant. Um, the, he opened with Escape New York, 
right? I think. Was yeah. that the, uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. First one? Like that was brilliant. Oh, and he closed with Christine mm-hmm. that moment when because he because basically he had this great setup where he had his band on stage playing the music of all his films, but then he had clips from the films playing in the background on a big screen and they were kind of cut to the music. So it was really it was a nice experience. It was like seeing all the best bits of all his films. But when he started playing Christine, it was like oh where's the clip from the movie you didn't but then when the song kicked in it was that cool shot from Christine where the lights shining at the lens and it has the lens flares mm. it was so cool I went home and watched Christine afterwards <laughs> it was so cool oh, and and he it was so funny to see John Carpenter because he's just real like I'm John Carpenter <laughs> and I make horror films horror movies will always be alive this yeah, one's called like, yeah. Halloween <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah he just I love horror films yeah. I just love that you know yeah so he cool. was rocking out yeah he did They Live he did the fog mm. uh, he did all the hits like. yeah and even the ones from his other albums like the, what is it the, the, the lost, lost, lost themes lost themes really? yeah. 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 yeah some of them are really really good oh like, yeah do you know it's weird when you hear them though you just kind of you can't <coughs> not picture what kind of film you think this would have totally. gone to yeah 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 <laughs> totally um cool i think yeah is that it so so week? when so like the last week when the episode was uploaded by film ireland mm-hmm. like there was people commenting and uh, talking about the movies and that so i think it'd be a good idea for people to tell us about what they saw over halloween what they did and what mm-hmm. their top horror movies are yeah, as well I'd and and where should they say this connor on the film ireland film link ireland. when the episode is uploaded in the next week or two probably. yeah that'd be good get people's top five absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. Up on yeah. Facebook or directly on the website? Is it? I know they shared they shared on Facebook and Twitter, but in the comments of the video, I'd say. Okay, cool. Yeah. Hopefully, people have listened to the end. We should have well, said it at the top. I, 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 I'll, listen, I'll listen to it to, to our last episode as well, and and to this one, and hopefully they will. Well. I just didn't want that out there, so to give no one an excuse not to listen, because I will listen. Cool. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. Mm. Um, and ask your questions. Yeah, for sure. I'll try to speak English next time. Yeah. And sure, even maybe they could throw us some ideas for things they'd like us to talk about in our next episode. We could, uh, if we like them, we'll bring them up. Cool. Perfect. Well, next week, can we talk about my boy Vincent Price? Because I had a a moment uh, a couple of weeks ago um, where you've all seen Edward Scissorhands, obviously. And Vincent Price holds a heart cookie up to the robot, and that's how he gets Mm. the idea for, um, you know, for making... Edward into a, into a real for boy. making Johnny Depp, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which is a natural Thank conclusion God to make. Um, and when I was looking at that, and just the, just Danny Elfman's music started playing, and I realized because I was taken to see that in the cinema, and I had realized that that was probably one of those moments where I was like horror Vincent Price film. That was the moment where he gave his heart to me. <laughs> And oh, made, beautiful. And made me want to make horror movies. Uh, and cookies. <laughs> and cookies. <laughs> and Johnny Depp. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was just, that was like a, a like a tear jerking moment, I guess, because I've, I've been out of production for so long. And it was just that, that, like, really, like, kick in the ball reminder of why. In I, the singular ball. It, it, it <laughs> did I say in the singular? <laughs> oh, God damn it, I need to go to bed. Okay, we got to end this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to hit stop now. <laughs> Should we say goodbye? <laughs> goodbye. Bye Thanks, Emil, guys. Bye. Bye. See ya. And Shakma. Shocking audiences everywhere. Shakma!